All right, inappropriate Earl in the house. And this takes us back to our roots, LeVar Burton style. Because if many of you know that the first episode ever... Well, there's two first episodes. <laughs> there was uh, the very first episode with the great Jason Galern and ex-door guy, the comedy store, turned porn star, uh, Jason Washington, about two hours. Uh, and what I didn't realize was I didn't have uh, anything plugged in. <laughs> so it recorded on my laptop, but I, I couldn't release it just because you couldn't hear anything. So that's the true first version. By the way, me and Jason Glurn going tonight, September 30th, Friday night, the Whiskey A Go-Go. We're going to go see Stephen Piercy, the voice of Rat. Oh, really? What time? Uh, about 11.30. Stephen likes to make an entrance. If I just parked close by and like met you out front, could I walk in with you? And get, like, how much are tickets? Uh, twenty bucks, but, but they're I, not sold out. Uh, who knows? Who knows? But let me get so the <laughs> the real deal. The real first appearance was uh, Gruber, the great Eric, back in the New York Gruber, and his sidekick at the time, the legend of L.A. comedy. He was a real enigma. <laughs> he was a real aligny. <laughs> Uh, the great Carlos Herrera, whose comedy was somewhat like Bigfoot. You heard about it, but you never saw it. <laughs> and only Car John Carnavali believed in me. <laughs> Johnny Carnavali, another legend of the L.A. scene. Oh, yeah. He's still on group text with me. Oh, yeah. Benji, Flalo, and Baby Sandy, Sandy Danto. Put your hands together, guys, for the great Carlos Herrera. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Herrera. Hey, How I do you say I your last name? Herrera. Right. I've known what? you for almost 10 years. No. Five years. Six years. A, what was this, an auction? Uh, <laughs> no, I wanted to talk to you about something you said. I, I listened to an episode recently with you and Stuart. The great Stuart Thompson. Yeah. I, okay, so I love the episode, but you said something in it that was really interesting. You said that you were like Christian Bale in American Psycho. <laughs> yes, I. Uh, I uh, no, put no on this an was your mask with no uh, <laughs> alcohol because alcohol dries your skin. Uh, no, but you, this is your exact quote, okay? And you, you know, if you have an, if you have like an editor or anything, you could. Uh, what am I doing? Look for. Well, I got to do the Equinox hat. I'm posing right now. There you go. Your exact quote is, or was, I got a beauty regiment, and I'm just there. Yes. That's very zen of you. Do you realize that? Well, I am just there. You know, a lot of people... Uh, I just like the way you... your I like your perspective on your own life. Well, I've... Uh, you're like the, your lead character in your own movie. Yeah, American Psycho 3, because... <laughs> They did a sequel with a girl that didn't work. I think. Uh, What's going on with you and girls? Anything good or bad? We don't have to go into names or anything, but uh, you doing all right? Uh, you know, I'm asexual right now. Oh yeah, I heard you say that on a podcast. What's what? What does that mean? Uh, Tell you, I want. I think your fans want to know what that means because you're a very sexual person. Well, I got a big dick and I got money, so <laughs> automatically that. Gives me the opportunity a lot of guys don't have. Uh, Should we do a catch up? Like, 
Let's just catch up on our friendship. Let's just talk for for your fans. They want to. This is how I would talk to the person you're you're listening to his podcast, Earl. I would ask him right now, "How's Gay West doing?" Gay West is the guy who was my uh, vitamin hookup. Still is at N one hundred and one in West Hollywood. Uh, if you uh, need some uh, <laughs> vitamins or maca root or uh, Tonkat Ali, which is an Asian herb. What does it do? To get your wiener going. Uh, Have you ever tried that one? I've tried them all. Uh, What's the newest one in dick pills? What's like the new flavor of the week? Well, no uh, pun intended. You know, if you go to 7-Eleven on uh, Holloway. No, you got to go somewhere nice. No, no. 7-Eleven has like five different dick pills. There's Zen 5000. There's Rhino 9000, which I think will make your cock explode. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever taken Rhino 9000? Um... I was uh, patient zero for it. <laughs> and then, uh, but the other night I had a gig in Riverside and I had to get gas. So I <laughs> pull into this, like, I don't know, shell station. I walk. Wait, in. you're on the freeway. You exit the freeway to go get gas. I had to get gas. Okay. And then uh, I go in this, uh, I think it was like a shell station or something. And this place was like the Walmart of dick pills. <laughs> They're like 50 dick pills I'd never seen before, like Ball Blaster 5000 and, uh, you know, uh, it's unbelievable. Did you buy any? I bought all 50. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, when I was in Tokyo, there were posters Hell. everywhere for uh, for this dick pill. And, like, the ad was of a gorilla, like, scaring a bunch of Asian girls. And that's what the pill says. That's what the ad says will happen to you. If you take this pill... You're so powerful and erect that you'll scare like crowds of Japanese women. Well, you can, uh, you know, who knows what's in those? What about the semen shooters? Are you taking those? But like, yeah, semen max, like you shoot these huge loads and yeah, they're these pills and you take, they're like capsules. You take it and then, you know, it develops more semen. That's all it does. Yeah. What's the point? I guess if you're like trying to have a baby I mean, or something. Uh, uh, I think it's that's uh, like the real reason. I think it's all for show, you know, just so you could blast some. Girl. For show. <laughs> I think it's just because it's a real event with you when you blast one out, huh? Well, I would say that uh, most girls who've had the skakel salami would. Uh, it's would like a leave the- me a positive <laughs> review on Yelp. On help. <laughs> yeah. That's the rapist uh, webs- website. Help. <laughs> You're like the Disneyland fireworks every night at 11. It's just like every night at 11, you can hear Skakel going off in West Hollywood. <laughs> you can you can see it on a clear night with no smog. <laughs> uh, now I'm, uh, you know, right now I'm in transition. Uh, what? Asexually. I'm just... Playing it cool. Were you Jeffrey Tambor? Right. Uh, so. Is this the first trans podcast? Yeah, I'm going to be the world's uh, first transgendered uh, podcast host with a transgender dog. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of people don't know Lois. this, but uh, Lois is not with me right now because she's getting uh, sexual reassignment surgery. Um, Why would you do that to your dog? You have too much money. I know. That's what people who have money 
do. They just they run out of things to buy. I, I what are some things you didn't realize you could buy, but you just started buying one day because you have so because you just ran you're just you're single a lot. Like you don't have a lot of bills, probably. You know what I mean? Five hundred dollar moisturizer and <laughs> you know elixirs to keep me youthful. What about the Jersey Room? How much? I mean. Maybe Jersey should, Room is not allowed to be spoken. Yeah, about. maybe we shouldn't say that. So you don't Everyone knows uh, if there's any rich people out there, there's a lot of nice game-worn jerseys. I was looking that up the other day for Texas football. I was trying to look up uh, game-worn jerseys of some old quarterbacks. Where do you lo- find these things? Uh, they Ooh, find Sotheby's, a- New York. <laughs> <laughs> do you mean, go to London and bet uh, on a 9-11 hockey jersey? I did. I bought. I know. That's, that's why I bring it up. Expensive jersey I have an Eric Bolton, uh, say Buffalo Sabers jersey. A lot of people uh, uh, remember the Sabers and the Rangers had the first uh, professional uh, sporting event after nine eleven. And you have one of the game worn jerseys from this event. That's like was, having a baseball jersey after Pearl Harbor, yeah, like I mean, of the of, of like the Dodgers. And I had a second Cubs. jersey that I sold. Uh, it was a. Why do uh, you sell it? You need some cash real fast. No, just you know. You I, needed to go to Bristol Farms later. <laughs> I needed to go to a Whole Foods and uh, buy some quinoa that was especially uh, <laughs> flown in from the Orient. That's that's where I I saw Richards there too the other day. The great Jeff Richards, he uh, he's and Abby Robert. Abby Robert, he's a great guy, legend of the comedy store. A lot of he's a real Sunset Stripper. A lot of people thought he was. Uh, I I might have to do a special episode uh, with that TV show. All those guys, that web series they do. The, that web series has less uh, viewers <laughs> in this podcast. I binge watched it, like House of Cards on Netflix. I actually I'm the only person that binge watched that web series. A lot of people don't know this about that web series but i was supposed to play uh uh adam's dad no one knows who you're talking about wait you're telling me you wait Uh, you didn't get the role no uh there was uh (laughs) some uh financial obligations that uh, weren't being met so i you fucking charge those poor people i had to turn down the role that is so funny but uh, you know what, what was the name of that uh, web series? I forget. Apartment. Apartment Nine or Apartment uh, Twenty Three. I don't know. Uh, of course, there's also uh, Some odd I number. think Apartment Eleven with the great Hart Bachner from Die Hard. <laughs> Hart Bachner, if you're out there, I want you on this podcast. Now, a lot of people are like, "Who are oh, your go-to's? Like your big? Who the hell is Hart Bachner? Uh, Hart Bachner had the greatest role in Die Hard. He was Ellis, the coked-up uh, lawyer." Oh, wow. Who was, uh, you know, his, uh, he had some association with Lloyd Bridges. Uh, I think it's. Uh, that guy, that's like every friend of yours in the 80s. Yeah. Some guy doing coke in the holidays at Century City. <laughs> Quick talker. Oh, yeah. You know, Hans, Bubby. Uh, <laughs> listen, I don't care what your problem is. You got a problem with the Hebes, the Noranawa. You use a gun, I use a fountain pen. Wait, did you talk about on your podcast, you had a friend pass away recently, right? I've had a lot of death in my life. But recently, uh, didn't you have like a friend from the 80s go? Uh, I thought maybe you had someone from like one of your boys I've pass. I've had so many uh, friends. What's that like knowing their lifestyle 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Uh, it's amazing. Most of them are still alive. Uh-huh. All cocaine addicts, uh, boozers, ecstasy. Uh, Carlos Boozers. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, Carlos Boozer. Uh, real, He's trying to make a comeback. I'm sure he is. He's a real hound, I heard. Uh, most NBA players are. But uh, I would say that most of my friends were in AA, CAA. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, All right, so what's up, Earl? What else is going on? Well, what's going on is uh, you. we start talking about women, and then you got off into uh, Carlos Boozer jokes. <laughs> so, uh, well, I just want to catch up with you and see what's going on. Uh, You've made it. That's what you're saying. You've made it. Well, I mean, Roast Battle has helped me out, uh, you know, to be on uh, Comedy Central four times in uh, five nights. When are you going to get your own show there? I want to see the Earl Pink Dot billboard. <laughs> I'm <laughs> suck it the series. Uh, well, I think uh, uh, my own show is out there. I mean, uh, maybe uh, a see. I want to do a talk show, and you know, you don't really need a new talk show out there. You got Kimmel, the great Jimmy Kimmel. You got Fallon. You got Conan. You got Sarah B. You've, you've got like probably ten. Willie uh, Hunter, the Wild Willie Hunter show, which I was the. Uh, Fortunate enough to be the uh, sidekick on, but now Willie's riding on the Carmichael that was show. That timer that show. Well, we had uh, what happened was we didn't uh, take advantage of our momentum. We had two shows with Sarah Silverman, and Bill Burr, right? Sarah Silverman, Bill Burr, Sarah Silverman setting me up with uh, all these great lines and surreal, just throwing you assists. Yeah, and then uh, although she didn't like my, I don't think she liked my comedy on Rose Battle, but uh, why? What happened? Well, uh, I don't remember. What she didn't vote for me against Sarah Tiana, and then she barely voted for me against uh, the great legend of Toronto, Kate Trevor Wilson. So, uh, are you gonna have a talk with her? Just be like, what? What the fuck? No, no, she's cool, but you know. Uh, so we had those two back-to-back -back shows, and then we just uh, stopped doing them for a while. It's like you gotta strike while the griddle's hot. So I'd that's like, like the mostly normal show. We kind of just faded into obscure. Now, yeah. let's get into the Mostly Normal show. because We've already gotten into it yeah, before. Yeah, but that was 100, and this will be episode, I think, 141. This I mean, is 141? This is 142 or something. Congratulations. Uh, you know. The Mostly Normal show, Gruber and I show at the Improv. I know, but people are like, you know, I've got a lot of new listeners. Uh, they're probably like, what the hell are they talking about? Because the Mostly Normal show was very famous for the takedown of... Uh, what was the guy's name? Johnny? Oh, Hot man. Tub Johnny? Or no, we would Jason. have never taken down anyone named Hot Tub Johnny. That sounds like someone we would have taken out on the town. Jason, tried to hang out uh, with Jason Garrett. Jason the coach Garrett. of the Cowboys, yeah. What the fuck? Uh, there was a uh, joke thief situation, and uh, the mostly normal show was like a, was it like a bi-monthly show? Yeah. At the improv, and uh, we set up this joke thief that he thought we were going to... Uh, like have him on talk about his comedy which was horrible yeah and it was like only had been done for like eight months like and he was stealing from mitch mulaney the legend who passed away i think from diabetes one of his parents sent me a letter me and gruber a letter after that like thanking gruber and i <laughs> yeah because we exposed this guy uh and i i've literally never seen him since um sandro the legend of uh, comedy uh, at the store, Big Sandro Iercolani. <laughs> he he put a screenshot on Facebook, and apparently the guy was on the news. Like, yeah, airplane crash in Santa Monica, and uh, you know how they have those awful interviews with like the neighbor 
you know. Yeah, he was like an SMC or something. Yeah. Where I used to do blow on Pico yeah. or on 20th. You also used to order uh, prostitutes. Oh, Jesus, dude. You're out of control. Meet them at the uh, Holloway Hotel on uh, <laughs> What's Sam, going on over there? I don't know. I got a lot of, you know, things going on in this building. Uh, oh, I thought it was in the apartment. Yeah, no, it's, it's been so hot lately. I might uh, actually go in my pool. Now, to put that into perspective, I'm the uh, only straight guy in this building. So I've never been in this pool of mine for literally 16 years. But uh, Earl, I need to take a bite of my Cliff Bar. You can't okay. eat on a podcast. I'm not. I'm. I'm warning you. It's like not a surprise. So I'm just taking a bite, blueberry crisp. Uh, we're just, you know, uh, we're cranking out the episodes. Yeah, it sounds real good on a podcast. The fucking paper crinkling, you no, idiot. Um, yeah, you're a real, you're a real tech savvy guy. Uh, I'm getting my beard trimmed at seven o'clock. Um, Let's talk executive decision. All right, so that's uh, the main reason of this podcast today, other than to catch up with an old friend of mine. An old uh, foe. Uh, an old, uh, you know, an Equinox uh, uh, man of the hour, of the power hour. is uh, we. Uh, I have, as you know, a love for obscure movies or maybe movies that, you see a million times on cable TV, but they weren't that big. But sometimes I love plane movies. <laughs> sometimes the a movie that maybe had bad bo and that's a bad box office uh, gets a second win. Are you on- Nikki Fink <laughs> trying to be cute with your showbiz headline? <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, could get a second life on cable TV. And, oh, it certainly did that. You know, I'm trying to think of another movie like the uh, Jeff Speakman karate movie, uh, The Perfect Weapon. Turbulence. Uh, I w- <laughs> turbulence with Ray Liotta and I think the great Craig Sheffer, uh, who I've uh, reached out to. to uh, <laughs> How do you reach out to these I guys? I just tweet at them. Uh, and, you know, most say no. Uh, like the guy Peter Horton. Nice. What's he doing these days? You know who Peter Horton is? No. He was... Uh, I, I thought you were talking about the guy from Die Hard. Well, I've reached out to Hart Bachner. Well, what's he doing these days? Uh, he acts. You know, you look, okay. you look up Hart Bachner on IMDb. a lot of, you know, uh, movies and TV credits. But uh, I try and uh, get people like that. I want people to go... That guy's on this podcast. I gotta listen to it. Like, yeah, totally. That's yeah, that's a really cool idea. I had the bad guy from Superman two. See, that's amazing. Jack O'Halloran, uh, he was great. And then uh, I had the bad guy recently from Roadhouse, the great Marshall Teague, who uh, you know played Jimmy, the guy who didn't talk a lot, but you know he was like <laughs> the henchman to Ben Gazzara. That's so, cool. It was kind of cool because I was watching Roadhouse with him here. Oh, wow. Uh, so I try and, uh, you know, if I could get Alice from Die Hard. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That'd be like, you know, I, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, wow, that's cool. Uh, but, you know. Well, he like get Kathy Ireland or something. I'd love to get Kathy Ireland. Uh, I'm trying to I get. I saw on Larry Sanders' show the other day. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you got to like. Get people like that, and then. Uh, but Peter Horton was in Side Out with C. Thomas Howell. 
Oh, geez. Uh, the, the beach movie that was like Star Wars. You know, it was like Star Wars on the beach. You had Peter Horton playing like the Yoda-like figure. C. Thomas Howell was the Luke Skywalker. Uh, Tony Burton, who played uh, Apollo's trainer in all the Rocky movies. It sounds like your fantasies as a kid. He just Star died. Wars and Malibu. Yeah, Malibu, uh, Malibu from uh, American Gladiators. We I just were... went to Malibu the other day. I got Malibu seafood. Well, I was... Uh, in the same uh, commercial uh, agency, uh, sports uh, was it Sports Casting Plus with the, the great Joe Kokowitz. Wait, you had an you had a callback yesterday. I had we a don't have to say for what for but, uh, Snapple. Yeah, you yeah. How'd it go? Uh, who knows? I mean, I got a lot of laughs. I always get laughs at these commercial auditions. Are you, how, how come? Are you like funny in between things? Yeah, like, like you that's know, cool. Uh, we were. It's. Uh, I, I guess I can't say what it is, but like uh, you know, like an yeah, office. When you give away their ad campaign. Yeah. So uh, you know, but I got some laughs. Do you recognize the actors in the waiting room? Uh, no, but you. Well, sometimes. Same guys. But you know, sometimes you'll see like. Uh, or I forget. I think it's the new. Uh, Geico commercial where they're playing like a TMZ parody. Yeah, you met the lizard. Uh, I met the guy who uh, <laughs> uh, is playing like the Harvey Levin character. He was, the, he was uh, okay. He was at a different audition. It is weird, like when you see someone who's. You got to get Harvey Levin in here. Yeah, I, I would. You know, I've, I know he's a real power lawyer and a bottom love him. power bottom. <laughs> uh, I, I used to see him at a uh, twenty-four hour fitness. Uh, oh, I bet you did. No, but not the not the not super Weho. gay one. The uh, the one in Park Hollywood because it's 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 funny. All these twenty four hour fitness and uh, none of them are open twenty four hours. Uh, what time? Oh, really? The wait, the WeHo one is in twenty four hours. Oh my god, that would be a fucking bathhouse if it was. What uh, time's it close? Midnight. I didn't know that. So, uh, but the one in Hollywood Equinox closes early. Yeah, Equinox closes at 10.30, but the one in Hollywood is open 24 hours, so you get a real uh, late-night freaker crowd. A 24-hour fitness is 24 hours in Hollywood? Yeah, the arc light. Oh, I didn't know that. Where I saw Magic Mike with our friend Queen Cassie. Oh, yeah. And uh, Bruce Valanche tried to pick up on me. Dude, how is Cassie? Well, she, she like, at replies me on Instagram and stuff. She seems to be doing well. I mean, like, do you ever talk to her? Um, no, I mean, not I see you like her pictures every now and then when she's, uh, you know, various pictures. Uh, but what do all these pictures have in common though? Do you know? She's I showing her huge boobs, <laughs> you know, like she's gotta cool, be eh? boing. Well, you gotta be cool when you, you know, if you're on Instagram and you're liking some girl's totally. pictures, you, you gotta, do, you gotta play it cool. You gotta pick the non-sexual ones too. You just 100%. can't go right for the bikini shots. Yeah, it's a real like real lame move to just get overexcited and like a bunch of pictures of their legs or some shit. It's like calm down. Dude. Yeah, it's like you know. There are a couple guys that like we both know that every attractive girl on like that has anything to do with comedy. As soon as she puts a picture up of herself. These like three guys will like it immediately. It's like, bro. Yeah, she's not gonna fuck you because yeah, you your Instagram picture, you dummy. Yeah. So, it, uh, oh man, we gotta talk after this. I want to find out how much the nine eleven jersey was. So I don't want to say. Well, I'll tell here. people. Uh, yeah, so but people are gonna know how much money's worth. Yeah, in but your the, the, the nine eleven jersey was a rarity, and I think I've talked about it. How on much the is it? Podcast. Uh, so basically, Rangers and Sabers had a, a not a charity game. It was a preseason game. Uh, uh, I think it was September 15th. So if you've ever been to New York, Madison Square Garden, not far from the Twin Towers, 
No. And uh, so it was in New York. Uh, now the Rangers had a... Uh, Gruber would have been there around that time. New York Gruber. Uh, and I think Steve Renazizi told people he was there around that time. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, I lied and told everyone I was one of the pilots. What the <laughs> fuck? That would have been a great lie. Like, you, you actually... Uh, and this will lead us into executive decision talk. You, oh, yeah, big time. You should have just said you, uh, and I love Stephen Azizi. <laughs> He's awesome. Uh, league, uh, great, one of the best comics League's working. funny. Uh, I like Nick Kroll. Yeah, I mean, he's killing it these days. I think he's on Broadway. He with, couldn't uh, be on the Mostly Normal show one week. <laughs> oh, really? I still have the emails. He, had, think, he was doing the League but that's what you that's the crazy thing about this business is before people make it they, they're on just like normal shows like you, you know uh, dude his broadway show is incredible i saw it the oh. great john mulaney oh hello show is one of the funniest things i ever saw in my life it was i thought it was better than book of mormon and uh like john mulaney did a skakel joke once uh really what do you say i forget uh, it was an instagram uh joke where he I, I forget the joke but it was something along the lines of one day he, he he doesn't want to be treated as good as a kennedy but he'd love to be treated like a skakel that's amazing that's so, so funny you know i thought that was kind of whitney uh, lee rice alerted me to the uh joke that's also a very intuitive thing to say because i feel like if people had that attitude about life the world would be a better place like don't try and get treated like royalty but try and get respected like you know royalty. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like mean, it's a great place to be. So, uh, you know, Skakels in certain parts of the country are treated very nicely. Uh, How are the West Coast Skakels treated? Well, I, uh, the West Los Angeles Skakels. The, the, I'm West Hollywood. Uh, yeah, Sandy and I have a joke that you've never been to L.A. <laughs> you've only been to Beverly Hills. What is this shit? Earl's showing me a picture. I'm of me. showing uh, the picture I'm about to tweet out. Uh, How do I look? What do you, you think? You look good. I like, okay, we'll put it's it a up. better camera on the iPad than the phone. Oh, that's an iPad? Yeah. Dude, so, that's no, nice. What, what you think it was? Uh, I don't know. Some like the, the, Android uh, thing you, you got the, from the Laugh Factory Christmas party. I don't play the Laugh Factory ever since uh -huh. their owner, uh, who was a failed comic himself, uh, was giving me comedy advice. I'm thinking, I'm going to cut this club out of my diet fuck that dude it's remember when it's dead anyway angelo yeah. passed away yeah and they did like a press conference there oh, yeah it's like you wouldn't it's like oh my yeah like the great angelo bowers uh passed away a couple of years ago a uh, drunk driver you know uh the nicest dude i've ever met in maybe life uh, like this guy like yeah, the kind of person you wish you could be like, but yeah. something's blocking you from being that nice and like as nice as I am, and yeah, as, as well liked as I am, and I, I I don't mean to get myself into the story, but like, I mean everyone loves me except for one guy in this world. Uh, Who even he would like? <laughs> I think. Do uh, I know this guy? Uh, no, it was a situation. You have a rival. Do any of us know about this story? Uh, this guy's not a rival, but... Uh, oh, he doesn't even match up. Uh, well, no, he's a nice guy and all, but, like, he, he got upset at me because, uh, you know, I dated his uh, ex-girlfriend. Was this recently? Uh, well, well, we won't uh, get into the Okay, lines, okay, okay. But uh, it's like they had been broken up for, like, a year. That's a long time. And Were you friends with him? Uh, yeah, uh, comedy acquaintances. I mean, we, you know, almost on that level of friends. So you just I acquaintances, though. 
But I didn't see him a lot, so, uh, you know, and then uh, I started uh, dating his uh, ex, but uh, he, like, got really mad about it, and it's like, dude, you don't own her. You know? Yeah, it's totally. Like if someone uh, called me today and said they were dating, say, Gail or Whitney, uh, you'd be like, I all right, later. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be, abs- I wouldn't uh, be happy about it, yeah. I guess, but I'd be like, okay. Uh, yeah. It's like, I don't own them. So it's you know. totally. So uh, outside of him, Gail. Uh, I'm the, uh, you know, I don't have one enemy, but I am. Angelo is still a hundred times more like than I yeah, was. Yeah, it's crazy. Damn. In the Laugh Factory, where Angelo barely went, if he, you know what I mean, through like this crazy press conference, it was like a, a president had just been assassinated or something. And then you had all these comics who didn't know him acting like they knew him. Oh, we loved Angelo. It's like, man, you couldn't even name one joke he did, you palming fools. Uh, so, you know, I don't really have. Uh, I uh, auditioned there once, uh, and uh, Jamie Masada, the owner. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't care if I ever play there again, so I, I can be honest. Uh, no, do your uh, thing. Uh, he's like, oh, Whatever. you're great. Come back in two weeks. You'll be paid regular. His exact words. I'll, okay. I'll never forget them. His exact words. Yeah. <laughs> so two weeks later, I come. With fucking green blats on your green face blats at a, coming off. You have valet ticket from Hyde. <laughs> you can smell Nicole Richie's perfume. I had uh, grilled cheese as a pregame at Green Blatt's Deli, which is a you great You fist deli. bumped D'Elia or Dane Cook or something. Uh, Bill D'Elia, not Chris. Uh, so I had an even better set than I did the time he told me you know two weeks earlier yeah i'm the man and then i get up there and he's like uh you Throws don't a do tomato it for at me. you <laughs> what's he say he's like you don't do it for me what like, he literally what? said you don't do yeah. it for me see so, a 1940s movie executive yeah <laughs> well no he was a failed door guy at the comedy store oh so, really he worked uh, at the store uh and then uh you know those who can't do uh Get a Leech. comedy club. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's why I don't really do the Laugh Factory unless Rob Schneider hooks me up. I'm sorry to hear that story. How long ago was that? That was uh, a week ago. What <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> week ago? Uh, no, that was about uh, probably five, six years ago. That's so. Uh, that's crazy. And it's a great club. I mean, when it's, uh, you know, pumping, you know, I mean, it's, it, the crowds there are great, but it's no vibe there. Like, there's no, like, the store, there's, you know, you go up to the comedy the personality. store. You got three rooms all sold out. You got the patio where there's more horny guys than a, you know, fucking swingers convention up there. You got hot While girls. While watching the movie Swingers. Yeah, eating at Swingers. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and then... Uh, that's a Gruber spot. The Swingers group. on Beverly. Oh yeah, I go there. I've been to the one in Santa Monica with him too. Uh, that's not quite the vibe. I the I agree with that. So if you're in LA, what we're talking about is Swingers Diner on. Uh, yeah, I said it was a diner. Crescent Heights and. Uh, it's Laurel. And Beverly. And uh, a lot of comics go there late night because it's like you know. I got banned from there for like six months. Let's talk about that while I send out this tweet. How can you get banned from Swingers? Because I flipped over someone's food. I just like I I, I was just crazy. It was like three in the morning, and I just flip. I just got mad at someone. I flip. I just flipped over their meal it just gotten to their table and i 
put my hand under their plate and I just slipped in there like a fucking quarter. Like it was, you know, we were doing the coin toss before Monday night football or something with and who are you there with? Uh, probably Gruber actually. <laughs> and yeah, they're like, just get the fuck out. And then I knew one of the waitresses and like six months later I was like, can I come back? And they're like, yeah, sure. Just don't fucking do that ever again. Uh, so I'm sure that really got the podcast listeners. Uh, yeah, well, I watched Jaws when I got home that night and I fell asleep. That's you what mean I did. Uh, Richard Keel from uh, James <laughs> Bond? <laughs> Wait, of, so what's the tweet, dude? One of the best bad guys ever. Richard Keel uh, played the bad guy in uh, The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. <laughs> I promise we're going to get into Executive Decision, which isn't that the name of this t- episode? Executive Decision yes. Equinox? The Executive Decision Equinox. But, uh, you know, we're just talking about. I know. Nothing. I just, I, you know. Uh, you know, we're just catching up on old times. Carlos uh, is the first recorded guest ever on Inappropriate Earl. So, and he, well, did we he, have an issue with Sandy's episode? I don't no. want to put my. I'm sorry for putting my feet on there. Yeah, dude. What do you think? I'm we, sorry, dude. What do you think? We're at Clancy's pool hall. Dude, uh, these are yellow, bright yellow Nike foam posts. Jeez, they're very expensive. Yeah. How much do those shoes cost? Well, they cost like two fifty, but I got them for sixty because I found them at a shoe store with no shoelaces. So I put the shoelaces in from Rite Aid. I'm not fucking with you, dude. It, um, it's the complete truth, and I'm so happy I got to tell you that. But I don't like <laughs> buying uh, expensive shoes. Like, yeah, I bought a pair of LeBrons the other day for two fifty, and I've got where uh, at the Nike Town and uh, the Grove Rodeo. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> And they're not that nice. I mean, like, I've got many. I'll help you. I know what the, like, I'm, I, we'll talk about shoes. But I've got many sneakers that cost maybe a hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, that are just as nice. Yeah. I'll tell you, yeah, don't buy LeBron. Like, just LeBrons in the summer are going to, aren't going to be like the best bang for your buck. And I've got uh, many, uh, I used to be into Jeremy Scott Adidas shoes. I've got the bone shoes where they. Oh, cool. You know, uh, there's bones on the shoelaces, so when you walk, they clank, and it's a real. It's a it's a you're peacocking. It's a <clears throat> what's peacocking? Peacocking is when you wear something ridiculous so that you can get the attention of men and or women. Which it's uh, a strategy people use while dating, or oh, with going out. But it's funny with with you walking around with bones on your Adidas. And then you've got the bright yellow uh, Jeremy Scott. Uh, I like these shoes. Shoe. I mean, they're all right. James Harden socks. Under. <laughs> so James Harden, I just bought one of his Adidas sweaters. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he's making the money. Oh, yeah. He said, what, $200 million last year? Kardashian's going to ruin him next. Yeah. Aren't, isn't, wasn't he boning one of them? Yeah, last year. Last summer. He was Which one? one? Chloe. Chloe, my old dog, I had to put down after four months. Okay. Well, why four months? I named her after a Maryland Reich Cubs character on 24, and then uh, <laughs> she died four months later. Oh, I'm sorry to hear it was that. Awful. She had these, like, she had a heart murmur. Oh. So she would have, like, these baby heart attacks. It was like, the worst thing in the world to watch. I still can't get the noise out of my head. Oh, I'm sorry. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, oh, shoes. I have something to tell you. Yes. Nike Hyper Adapts this holiday season. The ones that they're self-tying. They're going to come out. If you just Google it, Nike Hyper Adapts. They're, like, the first, the world's first self-tying shoe. I just read the cover story in Wired Magazine about it. 
what are you, uh, Steve Jobs? <laughs> yeah, Steve Jobs, red wired. Yeah, Steve. Hand. That's like calling me the president because I looked at the Wall Street Journal or something. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Steve Hand Jobs? Uh, well, what, now speaking of now. Uh, well, we'll get into it later, but uh, have you seen the new Kiefer Sutherland uh, designated? I, ha- I haven't seen it, what, I, but if you give it a good review, I'll go home and watch them all. I mean, I just can't get it out of my head. He's uh, Jack Bauer. Exactly. You know, it sucks. You're, I mean, probably for the rest of his life, he'll be known as Jack Bauer. It's like Michael uh, Hall will always be Dexter. You know, I would never got into Dexter. I love it. First, yeah. I mean... Uh, you know, I, I think they I, filmed it on my friend's street once in Hollywood. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like looking at like some like Miami Dade PD car, and then security told me to get the fuck out of there, so I left. Well, I know they uh, where the uh, their police office building was in Long Beach. Yeah, you go to SeeingStars.net or something to find that. No, no, I just <laughs> uh, don't plug any other websites. <laughs> By the way, the sponsors for Inappropriate Earl, as you know, are uh, Stevie Rochelle, who provides the music for uh, all episodes. Go to uh, at Tough CDs uh, on uh, Twitter and then uh, ProStockHockey.com, BeverlyKills.ca for your clothing needs and the great Stephen Piercy, uh, his company Mike Knuckles on Twitter. If you're a comic and you want to bomb in style. Get the uh, microphone holders, Mike Knuckles. And uh, if you're in L.A., go see him tonight at the Whiskey, around 11. You get to see Stephen Piercy play rat songs with four Mexican guys. <laughs> Actually, the guitar and the bass player are not original rat guys, but they kind of are because uh, a lot of people don't know this about rat. That's R-A-T-T. Is uh, they were originally called Mickey Rat, but they I think Disney threatened to sue uh, oh, wow. Piercy. So the guitar and bass player are from Mickey Rat. So it's like you know it's a tight band if you like that kind of music. Uh, so just support all my sponsors now. I'm gonna park at Hustler and walk across the street. Yeah, uh, how did they get Larry Flint's uh, handprints on the uh, <laughs> sidewalk? They must have just tipped him over, and he was like, "Oh." So, uh, if you've ever been to the Hustler store in West Hollywood, they they have like a. What do you buy there? They have like a Walk of Fame uh, with a porn stars: Ron Jeremy, Harry Reams. Uh, Dude, Ron Jeremy the other night was driving so slow on Crescent Heights. Yeah, he uh, made a U-turn in front of me on the San Vicente the other night that I almost killed him. <laughs> Dude, I almost hit Zoe Deschanel on Fountain. I was—I I mean, straight up, I was just speeding. She did nothing wrong. I almost hit her. That's yeah. Just, that's just a fact. Uh, that's, uh, that's just what I've been... That's the great thing about L.A. You, when you, you kill someone, it might they might be famous. Yeah, they might have more IMDb credits than you do. So uh, watch out. Dude, you piece of shit. Uh, sorry. Where the, the original point of this podcast was to talk about an obscure. Not, I don't know. I don't think it's, it's an not obscure, that obscure movie. It's like Die Hard Two. It's like yeah, it's great though. Die Hard Two is another one we could get into because it's always on. It's on more than Die Hard. Uh, it must be cheap to put it on compared to the other two. Yeah, and I thought uh, very. It's uh, good. Uh, I like it. Underrated bad guy in Die Hard Two, the great William Sadler. Uh, character actor been in probably hundreds of movies and uh john amos i feel like they use the same airport set as sign those nighttime seinfeld episodes at the airport yeah that's what i always think when i see die hard 2 i'm just like where's kramer gambling 
and the uh, probably uh, not with black people. He was, certainly wasn't with John. That's Amos. some laugh factory shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then you, you know, know how happy they were. He got you know. Oh yeah. That I shit. mean, uh, laugh factory's probably hoping for another nine eleven so they could uh, uh, put up a make God laugh uh, sign again. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable that place. Uh, Sal's comedy hole. At least Sal was nice to me. Uh, I mean, I've never seen it. On La Brea? <laughs> Remember that? Well, that was his uh, bootleg. Uh, I think... That was just like a giant room. It looked like it was supposed to be a warehouse. for like. But uh, I think it was... Uh, he got in trouble. He got trouble for uh, selling booze without a liquor license there. And then... Yeah, that's uh, about the most illegal thing you can do with the company. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, probably not smart to sell booze illegally outside of a you know in a comedy club where you know people are gonna like talk about it yeah you know this isn't a bodega in the 70s in new york where you can you know yeah get away with that sell booze the childhood of eric gruber yeah i mean you can't you know it's not plato's retreat in the 70s, <laughs> legendary sex club plato's uh, retreat which i was made but which is also a really bad gary Busey, uh like late 90s action movie please explain plato's retreat plato's retreat was a sex club swingers club in the 70s in new york and i first became aware of it when uh my, i walked my, in the fucking place when i uh paid five grand to uh become a member fuck a guy named harry <laughs> uh uh the wrestler jesse ventura jesse the body ventura uh it would always come to the ring in this fringed like muscle cut shirt that said Plato's Retreat on it. <laughs> and I remember going, what is that? And there was no internet, so you couldn't really look it up. Yeah, you just had to yearn for the knowledge. Yeah, so, uh, but uh, Jesse Ventura, uh, also part of the uh, famous North-South tag team connection with the great golden boy Adrian Adonis, uh, who uh, is deceased like most pro wrestlers, uh, and uh, I think a homosexual as well, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, he wasn't out at the time, but then when you uh, watch certain episodes of, uh, you know, they try to give Adrian Adonis a Piper's Pit type sex yeah. called The Flower Shop. And uh, toward the end, you're like, Jesus, I think he's gay. So uh, have you ever felt that way about your friends where you just realize they're gay at the end of a conversation? Uh, no, I pretty much uh, know who, <laughs> which one of my friends are bone smokers. Uh Speaking of bone smokers, I love the RuPaul episode. Oh, I'm obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, now we have uh, All Stars 2, which is, uh, I think, getting logo. It's highest ratings ever. I think RuPaul won a dra uh, an Emmy. That's crazy. Uh, you know, it's a typical reality show, but uh, it's it's pretty funny. And uh, I, That would be a great episode if you could have people from there on here. I think they're... Uh, have you had a Vanderpump Rules person? Yes, the great Kristen Dode. That's all, that was used to be always on at the gym. And uh, Rachel O'Brien. Uh, and uh, Those girls are hot. No, they're all... And they're all cool. I used to watch that show. Did you blow it out? No, uh, I used to watch that show and go, God, these people are like... Seem like the biggest bunch of losers. And, just and they're not? Reality show slobs. And <laughs> I met them at a comedy show once. At the store? Uh, no, it was called Holy Cannoli. Uh, and then uh, most of the well, cast Paul was Paul there. Paul Palmieri's apartment? Um, and uh, uh, You got to have Palmieri on here. I, I met them. We share the same birthday, me and Paul uh, Palmieri. Uh, 
I met them all and they were great. Uh, Jax was awesome. Uh, Tom Schwartz was great. Katie, uh, Stasi. Um, How did their episodes do? Um, great. I mean, uh, Kristen's, you know, I get like a couple thousand listens an episode and mm-hmm. Kristen's did like 6,000. Oh, nice, man. So it definitely helps. Too. I mean, but to put that into perspective, Rogan gets like literally a million listens a week. So that's it's, incredible. It's uh, always yeah. talking about like asteroids over the 101 or some bullshit. Yeah, but he knows what he's talking about, you know. Yeah, like, I get it. He's read like three books about it. <laughs> he could just sit there and talk about the UFC and people would tune in. Uh, but that. And he mentions he me. That? He mentions me on his podcast every now and then, and I literally, literally, will get a hundred followers. Really, in five minutes. So that's crazy. Uh, yeah, he's like Joe's the best. I mean, like he's he, like a powerful king. He's like the most powerful podcaster going right now. I mean, is he more powerful than Adam Carolla? He's up there. I mean, I, I don't really like, follow the. podcast. I don't know, like Mark. Yeah, so he's but he's like an elite, like Marin kind of numbers. This American Life, that kind of NPR thing. I mean, I would say the top guys are, uh, you know, Rogan, Marin, Burr, uh, Hardwick, I think, has a pretty successful one. So, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get to their level. Yeah, David Taylor. You know. uh, His podcast is good. Yeah, but that's that's like. Can we not talk about that? No, I love David Taylor. Taylor's the best. Uh, But that's like. I did that one. uh, Yeah, you talked about. I got good feedback on it from Stuart. Stuart Thompson? Yeah. Because you talked about addiction and stuff, right? I know. I talked about driving escorts. <laughs> Let's get into that. No, been, we don't have to get into but that. But hold on, dude. I know you're married and all. You're watching. No, it. no. It's not about that. It's Your just wife's a, not listening to this. No, it's about executive decision. I mean, you're the only guy I know who ever did crowd work at his wedding, you know, during the vows. I, I kill. Uh, you know what's funny is I didn't plan. Like, obviously, I didn't plan on doing that because you don't plan on doing crowd work. But... It was interesting that that happened. I talked about the Clippers and I don't know. It was weird. I saw I saw you in the back honing in, doing your scanning of the of the reception. Well, I was single at the time, so I was like on the make. Ruber was hanging out with one of my wife's like friends from college, <laughs> like yeah. they had never met. Then uh, we go to the, I go to the wedding and they're like best friends. And then I find out, you know, Gruber's walking my dog with this girl back home. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, Gruber's a real dirty birdie. Oh yeah, man. I mean, you turn away and like, next thing you know, Gruber's in some penthouse in Shanghai with like, you know, 40 or, models or Laurel Canyon talking about oh i just got a notification of your tweet yeah laurel canyon yeah uh but uh gruber eric gruber killing it in the new york comedy scene now he's the man he's Uh, out there with robbie robbie's killing it robbie Robbie slowick casey balsham all killing it yeah the the legend of new york comedy patrick milligan at the stand comedy club if you want to amy hawthorne amy hawthorne uh aka comedy groupie uh (laughs) If you not because she's a groupie, that was her uh, is her Twitter handle. Uh, oh but yeah, for years now. If you are in New York, please go to the Stand Comedy Club. It's uh, you know just the best club. Oh, I have a good Gruber story for you. So, uh, well, what's your Gruber story? And I'll uh, put out a post on Instagram right <laughs> okay, now. Dude. As you can tell, this podcast really is just two guys uh, kibitzing. No, but we're getting good like stories out of you. I mean, you know what I mean. Talking I about so. uh, failed relationships and uh, whatnot later on in the podcast. Carlos has to go 
uh, he's got two hour parking at a meter, which I don't understand because I had a parking space for him. Two hours is a long time. Yeah, but I had a parking space for you in the garage. Well, I, I, I'm sorry, dude, but Gruber texted me Sunday at like three at like, no, it was like 11 AM or something. And he was like, uh, leaving Upper East Side just woke up, which means it's like 2 PM in New York. And I'm like, yeah, so what's going on? He's like, he had some one night stand. He hooked up with some super hot girl on the Upper East Side. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, I'm doing my walk of shame. And 10 minutes later, he goes, uh, I'm going to, I think there's a gold toilet at the Guggenheim. I'm going to go walk in and see. So this is Gruber's, uh, from Saturday at at midnight to Sunday at 3 PM. This is what Gruber does. He hooks up with some girl off his iPhone or Android, whatever the fuck he has. He, he wakes up inappropriately late. Well, she's probably been up for hours. He fucking bounces and he walks through New York city and he goes and takes a shit, his morning shit at 2 PM or 2:30 in a gold toilet at the Guggenheim and tells me all about it. Then goes to his place on the upper West side. That's the Gruber story. He took a shit in a gold toilet after fucking some model <laughs> and then, and then sleeping in the, well, I, you know what's funny is I've done that. I've slept in after staying over at a girl's place. It's super embarrassing. I hooked up with this girl once. I woke up like at 1 p.m. in the middle of Silver Lake. I bet you did. All right. What are you doing, dude? Uh, so, all right. Let's get into the main uh, nom du jour. All right. Topic. I got your photo tag. Uh, you know, we spoke uh, briefly about Die Hard 2. And, uh, I mean, right now, we're 49 minutes into this podcast Can we pull the movie up, by the way? Uh, well, we can't because of clips. We can't play clips. Well, uh, I can't put the... You don't want me to put the microphone up to it? You can't, I think... Okay, it, it won't do that. Okay, off. okay. Uh, no, that's good to know. I did that uh, once for a uh, okay. a music clip, and I, I literally... It was just so bad. No, no. You, it, it sounds great, but... I think that if someone just so happened to tweet oh. out, uh, hey, we heard uh, executive Joel Silver could have me in his crosshairs. No, I get it. I get it. Which, by the way, uh, you know, uh, Whitney Rice killing it. Whitney Lee Rice killing it. Uh, major. Uh, on Wait, Amazon. why'd you bring her up right Wait, now? Because uh, Joel Silver it has something to do with the story. Uh, uh, just goes to show you the wacky jobs sometimes people take. Um, you know, Joel Silver produced Executive Decision. He also produced mm-hmm. The Warriors, Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jesus, everything. One uh, of my think, first bosses was friends with him, Larry Winoker. Uh, so, uh, Larry. Larry uh, he had a really nice beamer. I bet. He so, let me drive it on Robertson once. <laughs> what were you on the way to the Jane Fonda aerobics studio? No, I picked him up at the I, I, I had to just end up at the Ivy somehow. And then drive him from the Ivy down to Wilshire, Doheny. Um, then uh, to Kate Manolini's, which is no longer there. Uh, oh, great fries. <laughs> uh, and a uh, nice uh, rice and egg white and uh, peas dish. Uh, but, uh, I'm the one guy that goes to Kate Manolini and orders fries, like a real goyam piece of shit. Uh, Kate Manolini's no longer there, but you, for those of you who are fans of the movie Heat, and I don't mean the Burt Reynolds one from 87, uh, or the made-for-TV movie. <laughs> the uh, legendary uh, restaurant scene where De Niro and Pacino, uh, one of their few scenes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I guess they had to film a scene 
because uh, Cy Smore was uh, on the booger sugar. And they, it was supposed to be a taco truck. Uh, what in the, the script, it was a taco really? truck. And then in pre-production, they were like, you know what? Michael Mann was like, uh, I think it's better if they go to like a nice restaurant. So that's more Michael Mann's vibe anyway. It's either like he's like a taco truck guy or a really nice restaurant, Beverly Hills guy. I mean, so. Michael Mann, Miami Vice, uh, and the great uh, Forgotten series on uh, NBC Crime Story. Speaking of Miami Vice, I- executive decision when they when they're on the in the black NASA plane that's meant to like go to the space shuttle and they connect to the hijacked plane, they have to like come up under it, you know. Yeah. That's like in the Miami Vice movie <laughs> with Colin Farrell where they're uh, trying to traffic drugs from Colombia into Florida. So they they go under a plane to look at like their one plane on radar. I It's a good scene. I saw the Miami Vice movie once. I love it. Wasn't a fan. I still love it. I've seen it like six times. It's actually has like really cool moments but it wasn't very loyal to the show i, mean, I agree with that you know like uh, justin thoreau who uh was played larry zito the great played originally by the great maybe the most prolific character actor of our time the great john deal uh who made one of the most uh interesting decisions in tv history when at the height <laughs> of executive my- one what the fuck? Uh, at the height of Miami Vice's fame, <laughs> season three. I mean, season three was the peak of its uh How old were you in season three? How old were you? Uh, season three was probably 20. Oh, yeah. Times are good for Skakel. You're not even, it doesn't even matter. You can't drink. He decided to leave the show. <laughs> he wanted to leave the show to pursue movies and stuff. And uh, it's... You He's know, me of the I'm I'm him of the store. Yeah, I mean Carlos Herrera's like the the Zito of the story. Just you know, I just said all of this. I'm walking away. Now before we, I'm a man without a country. But why I bring up Whitney Rice's name is uh, now she's a big. Uh, she's on a show on Amazon. She's like one of the top YouTube uh, video. What show uh, is it? Uh, it's the Kelsey Grammer show. Okay. Uh, but, you know, so now she's clearly made it or she's on her way. But uh, when she was struggling or whatever, she used to do catering parties at Joel Silver's house. So, Oh, nice. Where is it? Oh, I don't, what, I don't what part know. of town? You didn't ask? No, I'm not going to get into where Joel Silver lives. What is this, uh, Google Earth edition of uh, <laughs> fucking Star Maps? Uh, <laughs> with my Tatum O'Neill on the side of the road and Bad News Bears. You're uh, like those guys outside 9200 Sunset. <laughs> yeah, just trying to show you where, uh, you know, the third lead and, uh, you know, the Pato Bonton movie. Uh, and he probably was. doesn't even live there. So, uh,. So, Jill, so we're, the reason we had Carlos on, 15 minutes in, we're getting into why we w- wanted to do this podcast. That's okay. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we got our fingers in the air. We know which way the wind yeah, blows. Yeah, exactly. We're all good. Earl just put on CNN. I just put on CNN. You know, it's a wacky time in the world. We got, uh, you know, uh, oh, that's a good bombs blowing off. Is that though? I thought that was the uh, pilot from uh, the uh, the. the uh, <laughs> the government's playing in the executive decision. <laughs> Earl's referring to a guy who just like his, the headline was heroic rescue. And Earl's like, oh, is that the guy from executive decision? So, uh, like, like Die Hard too. uh, you know, executive decision. It should have been a bigger movie. And, uh, for some reason it just, uh, I don't think it, I don't think it had good BO. Uh, mm. It just, uh, I get that. 
Now, if you look at uh, who was an executive decision, great cast. You got uh, Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal, Halle Berry, Oliver Platt, John Leguizamo. I loved and, Oliver Platt in it. Uh, yeah, he was great as the, uh, you know. Uh, He's like the engineer. Yeah, the like, nerd, the tech yeah, guy. Yeah, but he, but Seagal tells him, you're coming with us. No matter. And he's like, no, nah, I, I can't go on the plane. I, I'm just an engineer. That makes no sense. But like, what's it? I don't even remember Seagal's reasoning for having to have Oliver Platt. Like, Oliver Platt's overweight. He's wearing like a suit. Or oh, watch something. out. Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> uh, overweight. What are you talking about? Miss America? Alicia no, Machado? I'm talking. No, I'm talking about the fact that maybe you want someone in really good shape to come uh, r- rescue a hijacked plane. Yeah, you, don't you really want Oliver wouldn't. Platt rolling up with the subway or something. You really wouldn't want the fat tech guy. Uh, yeah. Being first guy up in so the kitty. Immediately. That's not real. Oh, but he's like the only one that can fu- disarm the DZ five. <laughs> And that's the whole point of executive decision is these terrorists. Uh, the great, led by the great yeah. David Suchet or Suchet, I don't know how you say his name, uh, as Naji Hassan, the mad bomber who's hell bent on revenge. Uh, and he's in a ton of other things. Uh, also in the Jason Statham movie, The Bank Job. Which I've seen him at Equinox a couple of times. David Statham. Yeah, he, he looks cool good. Guy. Yeah, I mean, he looks uh, good. But. Uh, we'll have another podcast on this movie, but I watched the bank job the other day and that's a great movie. It's a, the accountant looks good too, by the way, Ben Affleck. Yeah, but uh, I know I'm just saying, I just watched the trailer. Well, the bank job was a movie about a seventies bank heist that went wrong. And, uh, dog day afternoon. You mean it was a Jason (laughs) Statham and like six British actors who I had never seen before, but they were all really good. Yeah. And, uh, so check that out. The Beatles. So it also get back, getting back to uh, executive decision. Yeah, Joe Morton, who's in tons of things. B. D. Wong, who's uh, you might know is from Law and Order. Uh, and the ba- and the scientist that bre- breeds raptors in Jurassic Park, right? Yes, and uh, Lynn Carriou, uh, who's uh, in Blue Bloods and tons of other things. Now, I do you watch Southland? Uh, I do not. It's really good. And it's uh, executive decision <laughs> is uh, kind of ties into the political season because playing one of these stewardesses is uh, the great Marla Maples, who Donald Trump was cheating on his first (laughs) wife, Ivanka, with. Uh, And I think one of, you know, I always like to expose character actors because I've always said this. Character actors make any movie. Yeah, they're like role players in the NBA. Like, you need a Matt Barnes. Right. You you know... know? uh, Yes, executive decision, good movie because of Kurt Russell, but maybe, and he passed away way too soon, but if you are a fan of executive decision, the man who played uh, Senator Mavros, the great J.T. Walsh, uh, he died, uh, let me see, uh, how old was he? He was 54 years old, died in 1998. Uh, He's. It was also the the. Uh, he's in so many things, but for he he had a relatively short career because he uh, basically started acting in seventy five. So well, he had twenty three year career, but like. No. Yeah. But that's a young time uh, to die. You know, he was. 
I guarantee you people are going, who's JT Walsh? You've seen him. Like he's been in Nixon, Hoffa, a few good men, Backdraft, The Negotiator, which. Great movie with Samuel L. Jackson. That is a movie I could do another. Yeah, that's a really good movie. You should get someone from that. And if you've ever watched uh, The Negotiator, I cry every time at the end of The Negotiator. You know what's another good movie? Reindeer Games. I'm not joking. With a great John Frankenheimer. Did you see the new Russell Crowe movie that took? Wait. I don't see movies, man. I'm too busy doing stand up. But the one that came out that with uh, Gosling, it, our boy wrote it. What's his name? Shane Black. Shane it was a Black. Shane Black movie. It was okay. It could have been way better. I used to go to pussy parties at Shane Black's house. Uh, Shane Off Wilshire. Yes, Hancock Park area. Uh, Shane Black uh, wrote, the old part. wrote Lethal Weapon, uh, Predator, uh, and mm-hmm. he had this wild house. Iron Man 3. Yeah, I mean, this guy, he's he's, he's doing it right. And I, I also think he's doing the reboot to Predator. Oh, really? That's cool. So I went to a couple. He had these pussy parties at his house because he had a nightclub in this upstairs area. Like he's like was, LeBron with the, the gym. Yeah. Shane I mean, Black has the nightclub. He had like a disco ball, like this 100-inch uh, big screen TV uh, or a movie theater. It's not even a TV. and uh, Screening room. A bar in his own, uh, like a fully stocked like nightclub bar. The girl next to Hillary Clinton on the TV is pretty hot. Yeah, she's probably. It's probably a whore. Uh, um, <laughs> Move, Hillary. I want to fucking see this. Uh, she's covering her face with a love Trump's hates. Sorry for interrupting you. So I uh, saw Shane Black, and I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, so I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, man, I'm a huge fan of the movie Predator. I do a great impression of Sonny Landham, who played the Indian in Predator. Can I do it to you right now? He's like, no. <laughs> and I did it anyway. So, uh, <laughs> Who'd but, you go with? Uh, well, there's uh, and what kind of car did you roll up in? I, well, I can't. Uh, all my friends who I used to roll with, okay, are we married and have kids, but uh, I'll uh, I'll say I went with a, my my main guy back then. I'll just say his name was Slick, and uh, we would always go to these wild parties. And uh, what kind of car did he have? Did he did you drive or he? Drove? He had a at the time a really busted out Ford of crack in the windshield. <laughs> Uh, just dreaming of better days yeah when and he, he found have... him now he's like uh, well i can't say what he does now yeah but he's uh, he's successful he's very successful uh doing uh something that's totally non-hollywood related uh but yeah. uh you see him on tv okay so uh, i would go to these parties with him and we just i mean amazing times uh so uh you know i exactly donald trump <laughs> what's one of the trump kids uh, the governor gary johnson who couldn't even name one fucking world leader, uh, but yet he wants to run for president. I mean, if you don't want to vote for these people, Gary Johnson's the perfect guy of why I don't vote. This is a guy who's complaining about not being in the fucking debates. Chris Matthews on Hardball says, gives him the it's biggest softball question of uh, uh-huh. all time. What's he Just say? says, name one world leader you like. And he couldn't even name a world leader. <laughs> he, could, he could have said anything. And then he's like... Uh, you know, then his vice presidential guys with him, and he had to bail him out. And then that's ridiculous. Uh, so these people are all full of shit. So uh, check out JT Walsh. He died way too, uh, way too young. In life. I don't think I can name a world leader. 
uh, you know, uh, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I don't think I can. I know, like the French guy's funny. He like cheats on his wife and stuff. He's like funny. He's but like the, our old mayor, Villagrosa. But then uh, it's Villa La Grosa. Okay, whatever. Villa Grosa. What are you naming a restaurant on? Uh, <laughs> fucking, uh, you know, Pico. Should we get a salad at Dantana's Sunday night? I got kicked out of the uh, Desert Inn once for uh, paging Dantana constantly. <laughs> it's from the old Vegas show. <laughs> I guess there was only like one courtesy phone, so they figured out where the call was co constantly coming from. That's so fucking funny. Uh, so, uh, so executive, it. executive decision. Uh, it's just. Uh, where are your beepers? If you, uh, J and J beepers on the Brian Sunset. Uh, so, but the most interesting cast member, other than Marla Maples, uh, having no lines, uh, is um, if you watch uh, Executive Decision, you have John Leguizamo, you have Joe Morton, the black dude who uh, broke his neck in the transport process. Mm -hmm. uh, but is Whip Hubley? He was the really good-looking guy on the. Uh, strike force team oh i know who you're talking about really good looking wait guy. one of seagal's soldiers uh yeah um he had a couple lines uh, yeah i know who you're talking about so well i mean there weren't that many guys on the plane you had john leguizamo oliver platt oliver platt you had joe morton the black dude and then uh the really good looking guy uh and he was kurt russell's first wife season hubley her brother Really? So, uh, Kurt Russell threw him a bone, which I thought was kind of... Oh, that's cool. Kurt Russell wears really nice sunglasses. By the way, uh, if you really want to check out an obscure movie, uh, because Executive Decision had a big budget... And, I just know, retweeted you. Big, thank you. Uh, had a big release. Uh, check out uh, Season Hubley and maybe the most legendary character actor of all time. is someone who I would love to have on this show. The great Wings Hauser. <laughs> 1982, she plays a prostitute. He plays the killer, sadistic pimp Ramrod in the great Gary Sherman movie, Vice Squad. Uh, uh, good movie. Uh, but so uh, basically you, the plot of uh, executive decision is you have this terrorist, Naji Hassan. He's hijacked a plane. Oceanic. Or Oceanic. Oceanic Airlines. Uh, like he, the most famous airline in all movies. It's from Lost. He's flying this... He's not flying the plane. Uh, he is... Um, it's a commercial airline. He hijacks it. Commercial airline. Uh, Oceanic. He's loaded the plane up with DZ-5, a nerve <laughs> toxin um, that was stolen... In Italy, uh, it's know, like a mob house in Italy or something. It was something. a Chechen mafia safe house. So intense. It's, yeah. And uh, Steven Seagal plays uh, the, the leader of the strike team. <laughs> to uh, retrieve the DZ-5 for America. retrieve the DZ-5. Uh, Kurt Russell is uh, trying to get some girl to go to a hockey game with him. Yeah, he's wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> and Kurt Russell's a big hockey guy, so I'm sure it was a little shtick just to you know get that going. And then uh, Kurt Russell is, is brought into a room full of executives to give them the background on Najee Hassan uh, after his voice was matched by Kurt Russell's team. Yeah, voice recognition technology of the 90s. Now, Kurt Russell in the movie sent Steven Seagal and his crew into the Chechen safe house to 
um, retrieved the, the stolen. DC file. Yeah, and they didn't get any in the in, in the beginning of the movie. They couldn't find it. So you have this weird dynamic between Kurt Russell and Steven Seagal. They don't like each other. Clearly, setting up a storyline in the movie. Mm -hmm. And now this is where we get into off-script behavior because... Uh, and this is what you only hear on Inappropriate Earl. The yeah, off-script behavior of executive decision. We break down a movie uh, from 20 years ago, some uh, Harvey Levin-style gossip here. If you've ever watched the... I can't get cancer from the shit you're smoking in here, are you? No, it's a vape pen. Yeah, but the, no, who knows what's going on? Okay, I won't do it. Things. I'm sorry. Uh, cancer, I'm not dying of cancer, talking about executive fucking decisions. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna vape, and you were gonna die by the end of the podcast. So uh, I'm sorry for not asking you when I walked in. I, I always thought that would be cool if someone killed themselves on their podcast. You know the numbers that would get. Don't think I haven't thought of doing it. <laughs> um, but that's another podcast. Uh, imagine if I sent out a Facebook message and tweet and. Uh, instagram saying hey guys i'm recording a podcast right now i'm gonna kill myself i'm gonna kill myself as soon as i put it out there listen to it uh and i'm sure people would love it because it'd just be one less comic you had to leapfrog over well guess you're what? a real no bitter berry no one's leapfrogging over me sucker uh, so uh <laughs> We get into the weirdness of executive decision. Many of you know, so uh, Stagall's team is assigned uh, Austin Travis. We'll, we'll use their names in the movies. Mm -hmm. Colonel Travis is assigned to retrieve the DZ-5 on board the plane. Uh, and for some reason, he wanted uh, Major uh, David yeah. Grant to go with him. Which sets up the dynamic between Seagal and Kurt Russell. It's a really bad idea, but they don't really stop them from doing it. Yeah, the Dennis Cahill, played by Oliver Platt, is like the fat uh, nerd, but he's the guy who knows the process of linking up the plane and making sure it's pressurized correctly. Yeah, they yeah they get some like crazy black jet from uh, that's supposed to connect to the space shuttle it like can go into the beginnings of space outside our atmosphere but for this movie they're using it to uh link the crew secretly to the plane they're just going to use it on earth and for some reason it's uh it holds 11 people <laughs> yeah it holds 11 people uh probably 12 but they had to make room for oliver platt <laughs> It's thought, hey, this is a good idea. We need the nerdy guy on the plane. It's like connecting a Ducati motorcycle to an 18-wheeler. Yeah, I mean, it's, but it's a great scene. I mean, it, it's awesome. it was a good scene. And uh, Steven Seagal, as if you've seen the movie, and I'm assuming if you haven't by 2016, you're not going to. Uh, Steven Seagal uh, dies in the process of the, uh, the link-up. Uh, he saves them all by closing the hatch mm -hmm. um, because the clip had been uh, there was a clip that kept the hatch open or something. Yeah, some it, dumb reason that probably doesn't make sense. I read on the Wikipedia page something really interesting that the footage from executive decision of the plane is so well done and it's so pretty because that's like that burnt orange sky that it's used in other things. That's not stock footage that they they created that footage and the footage from executive decision is used in the movie after the sunset with Pierce Brosnan and two episodes of Jag. 
Which is a good uh, TV show. I never watched it on CBS. Right? I didn't either. I was just trying to palm uh, like I. Uh, so, uh, but it sets up really. I think one of the reasons we why we wanted to do this podcast is uh, just to talk about our movie. We like. But there's an interesting, like you could clearly tell Seagal, and I, I saw this on a blog. Oh, I just vaped again. You're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> You're not going to, I'm sorry. You don't know what's in those fucking things. Everyone okay, well, I'm sorry. I'll stop cool. for real. Come on, man. I'm not going to fucking have that carcinogenic shit in my house. I'm sorry. Uh, this is a pressurized condo. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've got the Dennis Cahill uh, doing the link up. Uh, yeah, you needed, yeah. So... But it sets up, you know, often in movies, things aren't explained and things don't make sense. Uh, like in the in the movie Rocky, uh, if you notice, um, Stallone walks into the arena, the Philadelphia Spectrum, which was actually the L.A. Sports Arena. Mm -hmm. uh, he looks up at the uh, the banner with him on it, and it's uh, white and red shorts. Uh, or it's either red and white shorts or white and red shorts. Mm -hmm. And in the main fight, he's wearing the complete opposite. And the, in real life, someone had painted the wrong shorts on the banner in the movie. Oh, wow. And they didn't have the money to change it. Like, that's how low budget, you know. Yeah, Rocky's like a, it was a real low budget movie, right? Real low budget. So they had it's like to. It's a passion project. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, you talk about uh, a something that you you want to get into like this Tony Robbins uh, mindset. Yeah. You know, the story behind Rocky is so amazing. It's like, insane. Every studio passed on it. He finally finds one studio that will give him double the money he's been asking, but they don't want him to be in it. And he's like, no, I'm either in it or I, I'm not doing That's it. That's Favreau with the movie Swingers. Yeah. Apparently. So, uh, but so executive decision, uh, Something clearly happened uh, while filming this movie where Seagal lost his mind or something because, you know, he gets killed five minutes in. And he's in a lot of the promotional materials. If you've ever seen, like, early posters of Executive yeah. Decision, it's he's Kurt Russell as a star. and Steven Seagal on the cover of, the, like, the VHS. He got hit or, from the back of the room. So, uh and then the strange thing about this movie is John Leguizamo all of a sudden has these major lines and this major uh, like conflict all mm -hmm. of a sudden with Kurt Russell. And I always thought to myself, wouldn't these have been better if Seagal was saying them? Yeah, they sound like his lines too. Like they make more sense for Seagal's character to say them as a leader. Right. The group, you know what I mean? Like, it's he wouldn't say half the stuff. Like, he's really giving his team direction, but he's not a leader. Yeah, it's like, why all of a sudden is this relatively, uh, you know, like low man on the totem pole on the Strike Force team, Leguizamo, the main uh, protagonist yeah. there, Kurt Russell? Like, exactly. it made like, no talk. sense. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I apparently I read a blog. I wish I could pull it up because this guy really broke it down. Uh, about Steven Skull got essentially fired from executive decision early on in the process and they just killed him off. That's incredible. Which, I need to find it and I'll send it to you. You could probably tweet it. Me, out. Uh, so then, the, you know, the whole movie is basically, and then it's kind of a paint by numbers, uh, by the way, the comic Ahmed Ahmed is one of the terrorists yep. for you uh, who are, and also in Swingers. 
It was the guy who walked up to uh, John Favreau at the party and said, hey, man, how you doing? Oh, good to see you. Hey, we'll catch up. And then he leaves, and John Favreau was like, who was that? I don't think Ahmed Ahmed knew he was being filmed yeah. when that scene. He's just, like, acting totally like himself. But do you know how many times that's happened to me at a party or at the Hell comedy yeah. store where someone's come up to me, hey, Earl, what's up, man? Loved you on Roast Battle. I'm like, oh, cool, cool. People thanks. said, you know. Yeah, all the Palmers. Oh, you got to tell me names after this. These people are so fucking phony. Is it anyone that's been a dick to you back in the day? That's I nice mean, not many know. people have been a dick to me. That's like, yeah, that's gotta you be know, true. I'm, like I said, what about I'm, ignored you? Have you ever had people just kind of like big time you back in the day? Not really. I mean, I'm like, okay, a, well, I'm uh, trying to have a fucking conversation. I'm like a, uh, you know, a cult figure in the LA comedy scene. Oh yeah, everybody loves me, so I've I've always been treated with respect. Like, you know, I think people admire not the not my you comedy. Just hover. Well, I just you know. I think people admire that I didn't quit. Mm. Like, you know, they say, Earl should have quit years ago, but he stuck it out and now he's on a big TV show. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think I have a lot of fans. Did you fly first class to Montreal? Uh, I upgraded to first class. Nice. Uh, I mean, uh, Comedy Central took care of me, but, uh, you know, they're not going to fly me first class yet. So I upgraded both... Uh, both flights and it was pretty funny like you know on the flight up there i flew right and this gets into executive decision talk <laughs> uh i flew with the producer one of the producers of roast battle did you make his a dc5 joke uh, no. sir where's the dc5 <laughs> i kind of joked with him he looked at me like uh we flew you first class here i'm like no I, I did the upgrade homes and then uh i brought up something i wanted to do on roast battle and i hate if I get to the live finale, which I did, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. All you haters out there, you know, don't come at me. Uh, <laughs> you know. I watched. I mean, you know, I did all right. From the hills. You know, there's a lot of uh, Brian Drolet, the hills. Uh, Are you still talking to Drolet? I still talk to Drolet. We did a pilot that I, I can't say the name of it because I got yelled out uh, by the producers. You did? Said, are the producers successful? Like, are they like yeah, actually pretty, scary? Uh, successful? With what's her name? I won't say her name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a whole different uh, podcast. Let me see uh, what time we're at. We are now at uh, an hour and seventeen minutes. We yelled we've, at you. That's so lame. We've talked about executive decision for about three minutes, so uh, we know what time it is. Daddy knows what time it is. Yeah, that's why they shouldn't yell at you because you know what time it is. That's what you get doing business with those kikes. So Jesus, <laughs> Carlos Rera, one of the uh, one of only two people to say the end. Okay, <laughs> on this podcast that I did not edit out. I don't edit out. So uh, if you say the N-word, it's going to make it to air. I know There's what, a book in front of me called Kamala Speaks. That's a, he's one of the unofficial sponsors of Inappropriate Earl. Uh, what about go, Bobby Brown? If you go to uh, www.kamalaspeaks.com, buy a uh, book, and Kamala will autograph it for you. Uh, he's got... That's nice. He's got no legs, got really bad diabetes. Oh, poor guy. Welcome to the world of pro wrestling. It's almost as cutthroat as uh, L.A. comedy. But, uh, Sounds like the NFL or something, poor guy. Oh, yeah, these guys. I mean, can you imagine the concussions? At yeah, no bad health insurance get oh, paid. Nothing. No health insurance. He had literally... They think, had no, back then or now? Who, I don't know what they have now. But they probably had no health insurance. Imagine, the Kamal, does that guy look like he had health insurance? No, he, no, he looks like he ate Starburst at Thanksgiving. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he... he went to the ring obviously he was playing an african savage so he went to the ring barefoot <laughs> and he thinks an african savage well still look at it. i know it's hilarious um 
I bought a T-shirt recently on. Uh, pro, I don't want to say where I bought it from because uh, they tried to shake me down for my podcast. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's the best Kamala shirt ever, but I can't wear it in public. It's got a picture of Kamala and Kimchi as manager, and it's like a Jungle Book theme, and it says the Ugandan giant from deepest darkest Africa. <laughs> And it's got him with like a spear. Like, <laughs> I've asked like three black people I know, uh, hey, is this shirt racist? And like, if you saw me wear this shirt in public, would you get mad? And they're like, yeah. That's so, so funny. It's funny, funnier that they fucking. Uh, it's so funny that that's like a character that exists. Oh, Look, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell on Deepwater there. Horizon. Deepwater Horizon uh, with the Marky Mark, who I think they should do a sequel to Rockstar. You know, <laughs> I liked Rockstar. Well, if you liked '80s music, which of course I do, it really is it good. And it's basically it was the story of the Judas Priest singer uh, who took over for Rob Halford. They, I didn't know that they found this guy singing in a cover band, like you know they did in the movie Rockstar. Mm -hmm. They make him a star, and then uh, you know, you he know, moves to La La Land. Yeah, and then uh, La La from Vanderpump Rules. I'd like to get her on here. <laughs> Uh, but she's got probably got a publicist now or something. Uh, it's like I saw the gay dude uh, Ariana Grande's uh, brother Frankie from uh, Big Brother, uh -huh. and I saw him at Equinox. I'm like, hey, dude, uh, you know, because he's really funny and he's like gay and flamboyant. I'm yeah. like, what? Well, this guy be a great podcast guest. He'd probably oh, talk, cool. Probably talk a lot of shit and stuff. And I, yeah, I gave him my at the time my inappropriate old business card. Because uh, it's just easier this to go. Is this your dick pic? No, no, it's just a regular uh, business card. Yeah, and what do you and do? And I'm like, hey man, I'd love to have you on my podcast. He's like, oh yeah, I'll give this to my publicist. I'm like, what? How does anyone from Big Brother have a fucking publicist? Yeah, that's like I ten don't. grand a month. It's like an expensive service to have. And I also uh, went to Greg Henry, legendary uh, character actor. Uh, he said he'd get back to me. He didn't have the Greek on? Uh, who's the Greek? Our buddy from Equinox from USC. Oh yeah, it's not gonna happen. Uh, got to get people who you know want to talk business. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, Seagal and his uh, strike team uh, now they link up to this plane. Uh, it's turbulence hit, so the main tech guy, the black guy, Joe Morton, he, he breaks his neck. No, it's a vertebrae, just gets moved. It's like, sir. The vertebrae seat. Wait, I'm getting a fucking Donatus, Mona Yunus, and the Rockets aren't negotiating with Midnight. Come on, dude. Don't read a text on the It's air. not a text. It's a fucking uh, report from Yahoo Sports. I'm what sorry. are you getting? An Amber Alert? Uh, no, I turned those off. I don't give a fuck. To hit the road. Uh, by the way, I know some comics who'd love to get on an Amber Alert just for the exposure. Yeah, that's a free billboards on every freeway in, in California. Yeah, just get your car's license plate uh, placard cleared up so you can get the right guy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the plane's flying to Washington. Uh, Kerr Russell uh, now is on board with them. Uh, mm -hmm. They have to find out who's got the... Uh, DC-5. The... Um, the uh, switch to the blow trigger. it up because yeah. there's like a secret person yeah there's a secret guy and uh the movie is really complicated i rewatched it recently and it's actually a real i don't understand how when i was a kid i was like really into it i must have not understood it completely because it is a really complicated movie like it's a messy kind of con it's there's a whole lot of things happening it's a real ensemble cast movie but they don't tell you that so it's you're unprepared when it happens well it's a movie where like it's like legitimate people were like 
you know, I mean, Joel Silver's not going to fucking make some uh, lame do movie. Porky's four. Yeah. And so it's, and that's and, why I think it's a good movie. Like, and that's why I think like it gets a bad rap nowadays, but it's actually a good movie. Well, it's a great cast too. I mean, uh, Holly Berry's incredible in it. Yeah, she's she plays, amazing. Uh, and I, I delivered something to her house when I first moved here. Yeah, I bet you on did. Doheny, right next to the old Entourage house off Sunset. Um, what did you deliver? I don't remember. Probably just like an envelope with yeah, some bullshit powdered in it. substance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you look at uh, uh, yeah. you know Karen Fields, co-producer Spencer Franklin, Steve Perry, Jim Thomas, John the Thomas brothers. I mean, Jeff like, Franklin and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Um, <laughs> so a great. Uh, He's a Harvard guy. Cast and uh, you know, so obviously, long story short, they, um, you know, they uh, threw some wacky uh, laser beam fucking oh, laser beam. You know, Oliver Platt sucking on a straw the whole movie. Yeah, he's a real slob. And just at the right time, he puts the straw down. So uh, when the guy pushes the trigger. Uh, it, it the trigger like it was two things that had to come together. Yeah, and it doesn't. And it <laughs> so doesn't stupid. because Oliver Platt's straw. <laughs> I mean, it's the most ridiculous, real you know, real glam operation. Give me a burger with some of this cheese. And uh, Seagal like, was nominated for a Razzie, by the way. For uh, bet, okay, so he but was here's like getting back to the, okay before we get into the the Razzie for Seagal. Here's the like the part that also is at the end. Uh, Kurt Russell's about to get shot, and then John Leguizamo saves him, shoots him, shoots the guy who's going to uh, shoot Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are they keep featuring John Leguizamo in like every scene <laughs> that would uh, seem to fit better with Seagal's character? Yeah, with the guy you put on the posters. Right. So apparently... Seagal, He's a huge movie star in that time too. Yeah, I mean he was still. This was like I think ninety five, ninety six. So yeah, like the height, like his um, star was definitely fading at that point. I mean, Seagal really hit that like two year window of like uh, hard target. No, no, uh, hard to kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, above the law. He had like three or f- three movies in a row, kind of like Van Damme did with bl- Bloodsport, Kickboxing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like double impact. And Stallone had a like daylight, like around that time, right? Was by it the daylight? way, I'm a, by the way, I'm at a med was a terrorist number four. Oh, so, we're one through three. <laughs> uh, one through three were a John Huertas, uh, Joey neighbor and, uh, Shabadoo Quinones. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but by the way, uh, I'm obsessed with the, uh, we'll get into Stallone later. <laughs> I mean, you, people don't realize how many good movies non-rocky or rambo movies stallone has uh daylight's good cliffhanger daylight's good but i like daylight he's trying to act a little too much in it uh i love cliffhanger that's a great cast incredible Uh, john leguizamo uh not not john leguizamo uh, uh michael rooker who was uh you know, played as like I'm trying to think of other movies. Uh, well, I uh, uh, John Lithgow, not John John Lithgow. Lithgow, yeah, he's like the main bad guy in Cliffhanger. But Michael Rooker, who's a guy who I, I, he's one of those guys who should be much more famous. Did you than like he Last is. Action Hero? Michael Rooker? No. Did you like the Last Action Hero? It was Hero? all right. It was all right. <laughs> it's a Shane Black movie, I believe. Yeah, it was a real bomber. I mean, yeah, I know. It's actually good when you rewatch it. I rewatched it. A couple months ago, it's actually pretty good. The music's really good. 
Shane had to step away from the keyboard after last action hero. I know. Kind of like Joe Esterhouse did in uh, Showgirls. From some Macintosh keyboard. But by, by the way, I'm uh, trying to get anyone from that movie on inappropriate or all What movie? Uh, what was now, that? Now we're going to add... Uh, someone's at uh, my door right now. Uh, oh my gosh. Just, just shut up and talk about Showgirls. Wait, someone... Okay, so Earl has set up a secret guest that I didn't know about. I don't know who's here. If this is Eric Gruber, who Earl, who's at the door? I'm going to go watch. Okay. Earl's condo is so fucking weird. There's his masks everywhere. There's a Vince Neil Japanese frame picture. There's a autographed photo of Chewbacca. There's Earl in a two lane shirt with some woman, probably his aunt or some shit. There's about 300 VHS tapes. 800 CDs, a 75 inch smart uh, fucking Samsung TV. I mean, the place is complete luxury from the 80s. It really, what'd you get? I thought you had a special guest. I thought it was Whitney or no, something. No, no. Uh, oh, last I time, wish. Last time Whitney showed up. Oh, Whitney's the best. We uh, are uh, back and, uh, you know, we took a sabbatical uh, for a while. But, but you cool. guys are friends? Yeah, we're great friends. I mean, she's awesome. Are you going to go to Sushi anytime soon? Uh, I went with her a couple weeks ago. and uh, But she's got a really good gig right now. I, I don't want to say where. Cause, uh, well, text me if you want some, uh, you know, a third wheel. By the way, uh, FedEx just delivered my moisturizer I bought from Barney's. Hell yeah, Congratulations, man. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not messing around. This might be the funnest episode ever. Do you have Aesop? Do you like Aesop soap, by the way? Uh, I do, uh, but my... Uh, well, I don't want to say what I use because then I, you know, I have to pay full price. I mean, I bought okay. a moisturizer from Barney's that ungodly how much i paid for 500 bucks you you're not even close. okay we don't have to, oh my god wait is so this, i don't want to say which it's okay brand no we don't have to because say I, i'm not getting you know if you want to send me some freebies i'll start pumping out the products i use because i'm 48 years old and i look better than anybody yeah you gotta take uh, care of yourself take it moisturize tone don't drink don't smoke what do you do don't drink don't smoke <laughs> what do you do settle in you windows that's a adam Ant song from back in the day uh so uh, what were we talking about? Uh, who should have been? Oh, Stallone movies. Michael Rooker. Uh, if you uh, want like a dark movie that shows Michael Rooker at his greatest hour is Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Uh, it was like an indie noir. I never saw it. It's really good. And uh, but he's like I've a, heard of it. He's a typical character actor, like hundreds of things. I mean, mm -hmm. he's like unbelievable. Uh, but he was Stallone's. Uh, kind of guy uh, Stallone was up the mountain with in Cliffhanger. They were kind of passive-aggressive with each other. Uh, he's, oh, Chuck Woolery looks a little green around the gills. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's doing a commercial for Australian Dream. How about some fucking moisturizer? What's Australian Dream? It's like some back pain thing. Look at these fucking two guys in a non-union commercial. Yeah, just get some Vicodin, idiots. But uh, my favorite uh, non... Uh, so basically, let's finish up executive decision and then get into Stallone for okay. a second. Uh, I got 20 minutes. So what? basically what happens is, uh, you know, uh, they stop the bomb from blowing up uh, and uh, Leguizamo, what seemingly is in the Seagal... Mm -hmm. uh, role saves Kurt Russell and it's the end of a movie but it's a really good action movie uh, should have done better uh, you know 95 what uh, I think what was going on Pulp Heat. Fiction Pulp Fiction was big he, then Heat he, yeah Tarantino uh, was like uh, about is like in his prime like super 90s so a Con Air was I think 96 
Uh, yeah, so, John Cusack was a big movie star around that time, right before Con Air. Like it. So for whatever he was reason, like growing up, Tom Hanks movies. It's just the whole era was big. Was all about movie stars. Yeah, and it just I mean uh, big faces on the poster, two movie stars, and you'll gross hundred million dollars. And and this is you know pre Netflix and Hulu. I mean there was no so if you wanted to see a movie, you, you had to go to, to AMC. Uh, you know and uh, get there early. I'd go to the Avco on Wilshire. And, I used uh, to go there. Uh, it kind of sucks. You go to like and this it's is an I pick now for you. Uh, LA uh, listeners, uh, and I'm assuming it's like this all over the country, but like every movie theater I used to go to as a kid the, uh, is gone except for the Man Bruin and, uh, in Westwood. Westwood used to be the place to go to for a movie. Uh, there was no like huge shopping mall shit in LA. You pick up girls there? Oh, I, I did really On well. Gailey? Gailey. I uh, used to go into, uh, what was the stanley's bar i think it was a college bar diddy reese uh, <laughs> diddy reese cookies uh i mean westwood was real prime and then there was a gang shooting there i think about 88 89 and it westwood's never been drive-by makeover you know so that's a drive-by shooting in the west hollywood you know west hollywood is um West Hollywood's the only place you can get rear-ended and not be in your car. <laughs> so, uh, executive decision, if you haven't seen it, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's a beautiful movie, too. It's very pretty. Yeah, it's a little over the top. I don't know who the cinematographer was, but they were yeah, quite Yeah, it's very good. dramatic. It's like, but, like, he pulls it off. Yeah, I mean... The executive it, decision doesn't pull off the dramatic skies and stuff. For an action movie, it's good acting. I, mean, I love all plane movies that are in those, like, double-decker planes. They're always good. I even like snakes on a plane. Uh, you lost me on that one. No, I saw I, a flight. I saw Sully. Ugh, it was terrible. Uh, you got to feel bad for the co-pilot because I'm sure the co-pilot did a lot of work and he gets fucked. Welcome to Hollywood, co-pilot. Uh, you helped land the plane too and you get yeah. nothing. Uh, yeah, it so was It was just cheesy. I didn't care. Let's, uh, let's end on uh, our favorite. You got 15 minutes? Yeah. Let's end on our favorite non-Rocky Rambo Stallone movie. Go. Non- Fuck. So, like, you know, you got to go, you know, Daylight, Cliffhanger, uh, Tango and Cash, Cobra, Over the Top, you know. I mean, he's literally... He might have... Honestly, you know what I like a lot is uh, Expendables. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I oh no, it's like my favorite. Not oh, okay. Look, it would be daylight. Honestly, it would be daylight. But like for fun, it would be Expendables. Like I actually think daylight is a is a not as bad as like the critics would say. You know, well, I just don't like Stallone movies where he tried. Like in daylight, there was a few dramatic scenes with like Amy Brenneman where he's like trying to like <laughs> act and I, I listen obviously the guy's literally worth 500 million dollars from acting so i'm not saying he can't act this is I my i have can. a good re- i have a good reason i like movies where like where movie stars are stuck in a place like i like m- plain movies i like daylight they're in a tunnel no it was good i, I think it's a good i think it's like a cool idea for a movie it's entertaining but the expendables is insanity and it's a lot of fun so at the end of the day, my choice would have to be The Expendables, the first one. Well, no, it was... Uh, I, I like Daylight. I just... Uh, and Stallone actually Daylight's can. Daylight's a cool answer. That's, I'll say that. It's a cool answer, but I think the truth is The Expendables. 
but you know that's for me that's my favorite well no i, I don't tell people like it, it's uh i like the expendables great cast so fun to see uh mm-hmm. dolph lundgren you know yeah. back in in like a major movie and uh, dolph ziggler uh, <laughs> i love that guy uh, dolph ziggler's the best we're He's a little the fucking man yeah a lot of people are asking me uh when my next roast battle matches, I, I am going for the championship belt in January against either Pat Barker or Alex that Hooper. That guy that writes on any given Wednesday? Uh, yeah, Pat Barker's amazing. Alex He's a Hooper, cool guy? He's a champ. Pat Barker's awesome. And, Wait, does uh, he write for Bill Simmons? He writes for Bill Simmons' show with the great Brendan Lynch, who's uh, just one of my favorite people. He doesn't roast battle much anymore, but... Brendan Lynch would be the champ if he did it. He's just an animal. There was someone on one of Bill Simmons's podcasts that I really liked. Pat Parker. Yeah, he's a re- he seemed nice. He seemed like not a dick. What's what's the deal? He's awesome. He's uh, you know, just a, a great comic from Philly and a, a tremendous writer. And uh, mm-hmm. whatever happens with Roast Battle this year, he'll be on it for sure. He's, I have a good podcast for you to listen to. Well, I'll tell you after. Yeah. So we'll tell it now. I don't mind plugging other people's. My Michael Rappaport's. It's really fun. I, I want to have Michael Rappaport on this podcast. You're going to have him here? No, I want to. Oh, yeah. I mean, for his. Uh, well, first of all, I love. Mike? This is another movie that uh, like should have been bigger. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you can talk to him about um, uh, Copland. No, it was a remake of uh, an old 50s gangster movie with David Caruso. Uh, Fuck, what is the name of that movie? I can't think of it either. I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, It's not Copland, though. No, it's not Copland. Um, I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, Tell me about Michael Rappaport's podcast. He's hilarious. He just like talks like a million miles per hour, and he has this... This other guy on, they're in New York, and they just, they shit on the Knicks the whole time. And and like anything political, it's just Michael Rappaport going nuts about it. He just has this ADD energy, and it's hilarious. Kiss of death. Kiss, uh, of, <laughs> kiss of death. Which is, uh, you know, David Caruso, Michael Rappaport, uh, Nicolas Cage. Uh, but you can ask, are you going to ask Mike? Well, I would love to, but you know, he's probably going to, what do I want to do this guy's podcast for? But I want to no, talk to him. No, he's cool. I bet he would do it. I have a story for you about, I can tell you after the show. I want to talk to him about uh, his role in Prison Break uh, season four, which was like, they were really stretching that show out, which is coming back, by the way. Which he was is- in Sully for a scene. He played a funny New York bartender that was like, Sully, we got a drink about you. It's Grey Goose and Water. And everyone starts laughing and Tom Hanks is like, oh, okay. And he just like gets up and leaves. <laughs> like he's so nervous around Rappaport. I, I would love to have Tom Hanks on, and I, that's probably not going to happen. But what about just, Colin Hanks, just to talk about Bachelor Party. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the way you'll get Tom Hanks. You're like, Tom, I, I want you on. I don't want to talk about any lame yeah. Saving Private Ryan shit. I don't like, want to talk about Philadelphia, even though I probably could because I, I live in West Hollywood, and the, you know that movie's a rite of passage for people to watch because it's <laughs> basically seeing their future. But uh, Jesus. <laughs> I'll take AIDS joke for 500, Alex. But how <laughs> how crazy would that be if I had one of the greatest, maybe the greatest actors of all time, Tom Hanks, on my couch? Talking about Bachelor Party. I, and we talked about Bachelor Party. It's and, a great thing. And what it was like acting with Adrian Smed. And uh, by the way, someone from Bachelor Party is coming on this podcast. Uh, a very pivotal scene, much like my scene in Benchwarmers. Uh, the great <laughs> Brett Baxter Clark, uh, who's... Uh, very good actor. There's been a lot of action movies in the 80s and 90s. He played Nick the Dick in uh, Bachelor Party. There and, you go. Uh, so uh, my favorite non-Stallone movie, uh, definitely Nighthawks, 
which is I've uh, never seen it. It was Rutger Hauer's first American film. He plays the evil terrorist Wolfgar, and that's uh, a quite a name. That's like your porn name, yeah, Wolfgar and Larrabee. Uh, he also uh, his uh, sidekick in the film was the great uh, someone who died way too soon, uh, female actress Persis Kambata, who uh, was in the uh, st- oh, a couple of Star Trek movies, I think, and. Uh, it's just a great, you know, Stallone, you know, it was a weird time, 81 for Stallone. He was, you know, he obviously had the success of the Rocky movies, but he had a few uh, movies that maybe didn't do that well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Nighthawks was like his, at that time, was like, I got to make this movie a hit. And uh, it's got Billy D. Williams in it, the great legendary character actor, Joe Spinell. Uh, and uh, just a great, uh, a pretty fast movie, uh, whodunit, you know, uh great dynamic between Stallone and Rutger Hauer, even though when I read Rutger Hauer's biography, all these moments, uh, got the autographed copy of it from book soup. Uh, uh, apparently they did not get along. Oh Uh, really? I want to watch it. Well, here's the interesting thing. And once again, if you haven't seen Nighthawks and by now, I'm assuming you're not going to, but the, uh, the final scene is this great, uh, kind of gotcha surprise, uh, cliffhanger type ending where, uh, Rutger Hauer goes in to kill Stallone's girlfriend at the time, played by the great uh, bionic woman, uh, Lindsay. Uh, God, I'm blank, drawing a blank. Uh, but the original bionic woman. Okay. Uh, and he's about to stab her. And you just see the back shot of her, the hair, and she's in a robe. And just as a knife is about to go in her, she turns around. And it's Stallone in drag. <laughs> That's amazing. And he shoots Rutger Hauer. Now, I guess why they didn't get along is Rutger Hauer. You need to find a screenshot of that, by the way. Yes. I mean, Rutger Hauer in the, uh, I want to say Lindsay Jennings, but that's my friend who does roast battle. Uh, Lindsay, uh, God, what is her name? Uh, Ames from the UCB or whatever. Um, so uh, I guess apparently uh, Rutger Hauer was, was hooked up to a wire. So when he got shot the wire would pull him back yeah. and it'd be dramatic. Yeah. And uh, Stallone, without telling Rutger Hauer... Let go of the wire? Uh, no. Like cut it? Uh, had the the stunt coordinator um, crank up the power on the wire to like its maximum what level. What a dick. So, it, and, but they kept the shot in the scene uh, where you see Hauer really jerked back hard wow. and you could tell he wasn't prepared for it. Wow. And that was the very, Lindsay Wagner. Uh, okay. Sorry. Uh, that's, uh, she plays uh, Stallone's girlfriend in Nighthawks. And that was in, you know, when I was a kid, I always just shot movies. a thought that movies were filmed in chronological order. Like, the first scene they filmed was oh, the first scene. Oh, yeah, I used to think that too. So they shot this at the beginning this of was the, the shooting? This was the very first scene Are you fucking serious? Was the end scene, which I find incredibly weird. That was uh, the first scene filmed, and Stallone just ruined his friend, his like relationship on the first day. And apparently Rutger Hauer, like, they do the scene. It looks great. So you got to give Stallone a little credit for that. But he walked up to Stallone uh, at the first, like, literally the... Second day of filming this movie, and you got to understand, Rutger Hauer's very nervous because he's a big actor overseas. But this was his yeah. first American movie, and you know Stallone was a huge is a huge name, but especially back then, yeah. And apparently, he went up to Stallone and said, "You do anything like that ever again, I'll walk off this fucking film." And uh, what's Stallone do? You know, I, I guess they found a way to make it work. You know, it was a weird time because they had fired the original director, like five days into shooting. So 
uh, Rutger Hauer got along with him the best, so he didn't really have a uh, uh, ally, you know, ally on yeah. set. And but I guess uh, you know uh, for the rest of the film, him and uh, Rutger Hauer and Billy D. Williams bonded because uh, Stallone basically took over the film. They brought in another director, but he was under Stallone's wing. So, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but it's a great movie. It's really uh, that sounds you, interesting. Well, you could tell there's tension with Stallone and Rutger Hauer. And it works because, uh, you know, they say in pro wrestling, the best matches are between two guys who don't like each other in real life. And you could tell like Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior, they weren't really friends. So when they, and they were probably the two worst wrestlers of all time, technically, but trying to hurt each other a little bit when they wrestled, it worked because yeah. you could tell they didn't like each other. So, they weren't uh, acting, they're such I could, actors. Oh, re real goyams. Uh, I could go on all day to talk to Carlos, but like yeah. an idiot, he parked at a meter. So, well, I thought two hours, I didn't think this was going to be like an episode of Ari Shafir's show. I thought it was going to be an hour, you know what I mean? You're a real Elliot Schwitzer. <laughs> so, where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter at CJ Herrera, Instagram Herrera Carlos. Mixed spell it though, spell, spell Twitter, okay. spell your Twitter handle okay. at. At C J H E R R E R A. And, and then at Instagram. H E R R E R A. Carlos. And then, uh, and then for mixtape, blazegriffin.com. Yeah, please go on blazed. Blazed? Blaze with no D, like like Blake Griffin, but Blaze Griffin. Blaze, spell it. Just spell B L A Z E G R I. F F I N dot com. DZ5. Uh, <laughs> Carla, Car and we're going to end on a joke. Carlos doesn't do stand up right now at the moment, but he is one of the funniest dudes I know. I want you to end the podcast on the my two favorite jokes of yours. Go with the uh, the clothing joke. Okay. Wait, what was that? I got, like, I forgot. I know what the punchline is. I forgot the setup. Do the punch. Do the. I don't setup. remember. I just remember the punchline. You have I, a clothing I, store for minorities. Yeah, I mean that's. I yeah. I uh, I have a clothing store for minorities. It's called African American Apparel. And then do the uh, your parents' divorce with the num. Your dad's been divorced. I don't remember that. Wait, you do it. I don't remember something about your dad says had as many divorces as there are police academy films. oh that's funny i don't even remember that joke oh i'm trying to think of others no, well that's the only two i liked that you had uh -huh. well you want to hit an open mic in the valley next week how about an open cade inappropriate or soundcloud and itunes i know this podcast was all over the place but uh you know i, th I thought it was pretty fun yeah we'll have uh, carlos uh, come back and we'll break down uh, another uh, obscure movie we'll do a first class episode we'll be a first class during the episode i thought you meant class the movie with rob Lowe and john cusack and uh you know one of the Samansco brothers we'll do a three o'clock high <laughs> uh by the way richard tyson said he would do the podcast that's buddy Ravel from three o'clock high so uh, inappropriate Earl on SoundCloud and iTunes. We didn't even get into the uh, the gay uh, equinox we go to. Uh, I'm on uh, P1 because I'm an executive member. Uh, Carlos parks at like P9. No, I park on P2 or P3, P2 if I'm lucky. Well, let me tell you. Something. There are nice cars on P2. Let me tell you something, brother. You park by a Prius. I park by a Porsche. <laughs>